What's up, guys? Welcome to The Butter Dish. This is Natalie Gelaney. And I'm Heidi Bollard. And Heidi, who are we hanging out with today? <gasps> today we have Kelly Wright, nutrition coach extraordinaire. We're so excited to have you here, Kelly. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to coaching. Hi, guys. I'm very excited to be here. First of all, like big, big fan. Um, so I'm Kelly. I am a nutrition coach. I run my own little business, Kelly Wright Co. Um, and I kind of came here totally on accident. <laughs> um, I think as like probably Same. most of us do. <laughs> um, got caught up in macro tracking when I was doing CrossFit. That led to me getting my PN certification sat on that for a hot minute, didn't do anything about it. Um, I am a full-time nurse. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, that's been the moneymaker. But when COVID hit, I thought I was going to go to nurse practitioner school. And I looked at the curriculum and it made me cry. And so I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be a nurse practitioner. This isn't the kind of health promoting stuff that I believe in, it's time to start coaching. Um, so, you know, COVID, I think was a great time for a lot of people to just sit down and realize what they want. And that's what it did for me. So I started my LLC. I opened up my social media account. I just started putting myself out there. Um, and here I am. I'm still a nurse. Um, starting a business is hard <laughs> to get to the point of, you know, that making enough money for you to like pay your bills and whatnot. Um, but it's been the best decision ever. Love that. Well, we've been following you for a while and we, we love like your, your, um, your thoughts about things and what we really wanted to talk to you about was a very impactful post um, you did a while ago, all about perspective. And I know that the perspective was very hard one. And I was wondering if you could kind of talk us through what inspired the post and, um, and, and, and your thoughts. Yeah. So kind of tying into like my whole journey is the, one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons I was able to spend so much time building this business was because when I was a flight nurse, um, you only work two 24-hour shifts. So I had a lot of days off, especially during COVID, to be on my computer, you know, doing the things I'm doing to create this business. Um, That's like two 24-hour shifts a month or a week? A week. A week. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And obviously flight nurse, you're flying all over, all over the U S or where, so where you... as a flight nurse. So I'm born and raised Reno. Um, I am currently now a travel nurse, which I can get into later, but so born and raised Reno, I was a flight nurse. Um, they're based out of Reno. So my company has a fixed wing plane, a small little airplane and four helicopters, um, and also a ground ambulance for ground transports. And basically they serve like a purpose. So fixed wing typically is helping get people from small rural towns to like bigger towns. So we fly to the small town 
you know, in rural Nevada and bring them back to Reno or bring them to Utah or bring them to Davis. So these places where they might only have one or two ambulances, you can't send that ambulance on like a 10 hour road trip because then the community doesn't have anything. So air transport exists to serve like those communities, um, specifically fixed wing and then helicopters um, because they can't fly such a long distance, they typically are dealing more with like emergent cases. So landing in the mountains or doing shorter distance emergent transports. So like even getting, you know, a stroke patient from Lake Tahoe to Reno, that's a way quicker transport than if they were to have to go by ground. Whoa. So that's, I, yeah, I mean, these are the, you just never really think or know. Yeah. These are things you just like take for granted. Yeah. Yeah, You in a movie and like, Oh, somebody's here looked it out, but you don't, you don't ever think about the people who actually do it. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I don't, I think when I signed up, I didn't even really know what I was doing. Um, my history is ER and ICU nursing and I just knew I wanted something different and I took the tests and I got the job and I did it for about two and a half years. And it was, I mean, it's, it's the best nursing job that you can, that you can possibly have. Super cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. Your story. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I did that. Loved it. Best job in the world for nurses. Um, if you like that kind of like excitement and never knowing what's going on, um, (laughs) like just kind of like waiting for the next thing to happen. Um, I did end up leaving to go be a travel nurse. Um, so, you know, born and raised Reno. And I was just sitting at our base one day and I was like, I, I need to get out of here. Like I need to do, I need to go live in new places, mm-hmm. um, live, start living like this big life that I've like envisioned for myself. Um, so now I've lived in San Francisco and Portland, currently in Portland. Oh, cool. Um, which has also been like, you know, perfect for building a business and perspective and like Mm. traveling and finding balance in a new city every so often. It really does tie into like nutrition coaching and the struggles people go through. Um, but EMS is a very tight knit community. So I'm still close with a lot of EMS, meaning medevac, fire, you know, the ambulance crews, police, like it's a very tight knit community. There's a lot of stuff about those jobs that people just don't understand what people are going through on a day-to-day basis. And when you work 24 to 48 hours with your crew, like you get very close very quickly when that's your only coworker. Mm -hmm. Um, So EMS still has a huge place in my heart. Um, and about almost exactly a month ago, the fixed wing in Reno crashed Mm -hmm. and, you know, all five passengers were killed. The two medical staff, the pilot, the patient and his wife. Um, and it was the very plane I used to fly in. Like, I know, I know exactly the town that it, you know, went down in and it's just, 
<laughs> like I I've been out of that field now for about a year and a half, but it just it so easily could have been me when I was there. And there's also just many thoughts of like, gosh, like, should that have been me? You know, like, did those people, was that my replacement? Like, like the survival, survivor's guilt. Um, You know, I think about my coworkers and what they're going through. Like that morning I woke up to 30 texts from friends and other nurses in town. And, you know, I'm going through like, who was it? Like who was on the plane? Like they hadn't released the names yet. And I'm going through all the, you know, my coworkers. And I like to say like the boys who raised me, because it's more of a male dominated field um, for nurses specifically, but I'm going through, you know, the, the boys who trained me and these people I spent days with, you know, like you're essentially having like one big sleepover with these people. Um, And yeah, that nothing really will make you kind of like reflect and be like, wow, am I, am I living the life I want to be living Mm -hmm. when something hits like that close to home or like so easily could have been you? Oh man, absolutely. I'm, first of all, we're so sorry for your loss. That's super traumatic. Um, and I, and even just like just a month ago, you're so like brave and composed to come on and be able to talk about it. Um, your, your post, the way you like, you know, those, those thoughts about how, like, are you where you want to be? Um, I thought it was so interesting. Like every slide you did, I didn't know like what you were going to say next. Um, it was, it was so interesting how you were like, you know, you're allowed, you're allowed because I, I feel like it's almost a little bit more predictable for people to be like, this stuff doesn't matter. Like nothing matters, nothing matters, right? Like um, your goals or nutrition or macros, like none of that stuff should matter in the light of something so significant, right? But you actually did like a full circle where like whatever is important to you, it is, is what matters. It's important to you, yeah. Uh, I, it's, I think that's always kind of like the harsh dichotomy of like, well, why do you track your food? And like, why does all this matter so much? And, you know, I've worked with coaches where they try to dig really deep of like, okay, but like, why do you want to look a certain way? Or like, why do you want to lose weight? And sometimes it's like, I can't quite put my finger on it, but like, I'm just not comfortable here. So I want to be there. So like in the grand scheme of things, what does it matter I'm not, sometimes I'm not sure, except that I know that I want it and like wanting it shouldn't be wrong. Yeah. So like even in the face of like difficulty or tragedy or people have kids and they're busy and they have other priorities, it's like, that doesn't mean that you just need to like ignore the other things you want. And it also, I don't think means that you need to put like such a label on everything. Like sometimes we don't know why we want the things that we want. Like life is murky and like sometimes you just want things and Mm -hmm. I think that's okay. And it's also okay, you know, like in this post when I kind of circle back around 
to understand that too. Yeah. This is really hard, but also I still want this. So that, how do we find that balance? Totally. Well, and it, it is such an, I have so many thoughts and my brain's just like exploding, but like, I, it's, it's such an interesting thing. Like these big events in our lives, like these big emotions can be such teachers and in a way, like they, they can shift your perspective, clarify what you want. Sometimes you want it because you've, you've never done it before. Sometimes you want it just because you, just because you want it. And like, like even the fact that you, even just giving your permission yourself permission to want something that you don't have to justify, you know, just just going for it, right? But also like understanding that like sometimes these big emotions that are that our body is going through like can sometimes be like a tailwind and can sometimes be a bit of an interrupter. And I feel like when you are learning from grief and learning from some of these big things that you're going through, like it really brings that like your body like partnering with your body on like a whole other level. Right. Cause I also saw the post you did recently where you're like, I'm not pursuing fat loss right now. Like you were like, and seen. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. yeah. I don't know. Giving yourself freedom to go for it, freedom to pause, like just I I don't know. I I just think that like there's so much to learn from not only just like reading what you wrote and, and thinking about it and whatever, but also just like looking back at your own life and, and maybe looking for parallels and stuff. I don't mean to like st- steal the, steal the show here. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I just like, I actually just been enjoying listening a little bit. Cause I think that's really kind of like the, the reason why, like I was really compelled by your post as well as like why we wanted to bring you on the podcast. And so I think a lot of times we do wrestle with these like two sides of the coin, right. Where we like have the things that we want, but then at the same time we want a lot of things in life. Right. I mean, if you, ask me to list all the things I want. I mean, I think it would have no end. Right? It's just like, I mean, you can go to the most unrealistic too. Like, mm. oh, I, well, I want to take a year off and like travel the world with my family. So oh my like, gosh, like, totally. Like, you know, like how realistic are <laughs> like I need money? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. So I think sometimes we, you know, we are allowed to want the things we want, but I think there is some power in knowing why you want the things you want too. And so while you don't have to have some compelling reason for everything, like it could just be like, well, I want chocolate over vanilla. Like, I don't really know mm. that I have a way to define why, right? Kind of thing. But at the same time, it's like the wants have no end. And it's more about like, what are your hopes behind this lifestyle or these these goals that we have that actually we feel, are they going to better ourselves or is it because we're running away from the version we are? And that's kind of like what I liked about your post is how you kind of talked like for one of the things you wrote was like, I don't want to be a slave to a regimen. I don't want to be hyper-focused on my intake. I don't want a food tracking app to dictate what I eat. Simultaneously, I also want to feel at peace with my body Mm -hmm. and reach my goals. And so- I think a lot of our clients, I'm sure yours, you too, wrestle with this. It's where you like really just want to be and feel okay where you are, but at the same time, make improvements from it. But then I think sometimes we have these all or nothing thought patterns or these perfectionist thought patterns that are like, I'm not okay right here. And so I have to overhaul everything that I am in order to be this other person because that person must be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Not really that, not realizing that sometimes that other side of the coin is also not okay as okay as you are here. Right. Like being obsessive and hyper-focused on your weight all the time and not allowing yourself to like go anywhere outside of like a two pound range or you're miserable and you hate everything. Or the second that like you see a glimpse of yourself in the mirror, you can't even, you know, C straight, or like every time you step on the scale and it's up 0.2 pounds, like you have to like go into a cut, like that is also not okay. Right. Like there's like, where is this gray area in the middle that people can 
find a way to like respect their goals and respect their needs, but also feel like they can be present and still live the life they want. Cause I'm sure most of us have had this point where you're like, probably not a super responsible choice to just only eat cheesecake, but at the same time, I also really like cheesecake. Right. And so sometimes you can feel like depending on where you are, you can really judge yourself for those kind of thoughts. Like I should be a person that never likes cheesecake. It's like, okay, well, why? Right. Why? Like, yeah. why? But then at the same time, is it good to just only eat cheesecake? Probably not. Right. I mean, just, depend- mm-hmm. I mean, we love the nutrition, yeah. you know, the nutritional value of these things. Right. But I mean, but once again, same thing, right? The same wrestling in your head, like, well, I know that it's not like, you know, nutritionally the best choice, but at the same time, I really like it. But at the same time, it's like, could I go my whole life without eating cheesecake and probably be fine? Sure. But then would I really want to go my whole life without eating cheesecake and be fine? Mm, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be. So it's like, I think a lot of times we have these thoughts as we are people that become more and more educated about what it takes to have the things that we want or the aesthetic results we want, or the, you know, the weight we want or things like that. Like as you have a group of women becoming more and more educated about fitness and nutrition and health, it kind of brings up a whole other host of like things you wrestle with besides just like, I just want to be skinny. Mm. Does that make sense? Sometimes the more educated you are, the more noise you can cause and create in your head, right? Yeah. And so therefore is the perspective, right. Of like the things that we do and the things that we want and be okay with the things that we want, but also realizing that what it takes might not be the time, right? Oh, Sorry, did I just bring up some weird, random, cool. like, handed, these are just the thoughts I have. Yeah, no, I feel like after this, you know, I got all those text messages and I just went for a walk. It's mm. like, I don't, I don't even know what to do with myself. Like, I don't, I don't know how I feel. And then I just, I was walking and I was like, you know, I've been on both sides of when you, when you're learning about macronutrients and tracking your food, like you get, you can, you can really dive real deep and just get real obsessed with it, especially, you know, with my fitness pal and the red numbers and like, oh you my gosh, like, but I'm hungry. <sighs> well, um, to have a conversation with whoever yeah, my decided. Favorite, my favorite, my favorite oh. is like, this has the grams of sugar. Are you sure you want to log this? Are you sure? like, yeah. yeah. Like, so, I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> not to sound like I'm obsessed with you, but that also circles into the post you did about AI. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. If my fitness pal can pepper you with this, so talk such it. an AI being like, neener, 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 like yeah. it's about every little mistake you make. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Please continue. No, you're good. I mean, it's all, <laughs> it's all relevant. Um, but I, you know, and I've, I've been that person and I think kind of what you said earlier of like, sometimes we want something because I've never had it. Like I'm finally like weightlifting and putting on muscle and like, I feel good and strong and like, I've never been super lean. So I'm just really excited to show off what I've built. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like where I've headed towards my goals. Like, A, I just want to be healthy and climb mountains and be able to travel and live my life. I also want to feel more confident in my skin but I was going on this walk and I was just kind of thinking like, huh, maybe like what I am doing now as a travel nurse has given me like the utmost freedom in life, but almost to some extent, the way I've been handling my nutrition, especially with dieting is not aligned with freedom because you can't have a lot of food freedom with dieting to an extent. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just then was looking at some of my habits and just kind of reflecting on some of my own thoughts. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think I need, I think I need to let go. Like maybe there are some aspects of 
fully living that I haven't really given into because I'm a nutrition coach and do I need to uphold a certain look or prove that I'm doing it too? You know, like people say, well, if your coach can't even do it, why should they help you do it? You know? And I was like, oh gosh, like fully resonating. I think, you know, I just went on this long walk and I was like, I, I'm going to start letting some stuff go Mm. for sure. And you know, in the last month I decided I was done with my deficit. I don't plan on doing another one for at least six to nine months. Um, I just spent the weekend in Vegas with my best friend seeing Taylor Swift. Didn't, didn't even think about tracking my food. Like I went on that plane. I was like, I am not even going to think about food, like no planning. I'm not going to do, didn't even bring like my protein, like I usually do. It's just like, I'm just going and like, it, it, like, it's fine. Like, yeah, you are allowed to live your life and like not hit your protein goals every day. Like you will be okay. (laughs) Um, what I love so much about everything you just said, and it kind of combines like some of the stuff that you were saying too now is that it's like, I feel like at least in my own life, I can definitely say that when I, when I hit, uh, really tough milestones. Um, it is not uncommon for me to avoid dealing with some of those things by getting into like kind of a fix it mode in other areas of my life. Um, so I think you said, as you were talking about that stuff, you said, can you, can you be present was one of the things that you said. And I think that is such a, a great way of testing how your goals feel or where you are emotionally is like, what is, what is that ability to be present? Can you, can you just be in your own skin? Can you just like be still? How, how often can you be still? Can you be, can you be alone? Can you be happy alone for even, even for 15 or 20 minutes, you know, like, um, if, if nothing changed with your body, like, can you still be happy and grateful? And yeah, like that, that being present thing. Um, I have to ask, what was that like getting on a plane? Was it, was it different? Cause it was a different kind of plane or was that scary? Um, so the planes in Medivac are very small and mm. uh, like probably what it's the Pilatus PC 12, very small planes. So only like a few people can fit. Um, and I actually did fly home for the memorial service, um, a couple weeks ago and that was tough. Um, you know, my family and my best friends texted me as I was getting on. They're like, okay, safe travels. Like, I hope your flight goes well. And I was like, those words will really never hit the same ever again, because whenever we would lift off, um, we're all like texting our family, like, okay, we're leaving. Like I'll text you when we land. Yeah. So then to think that, you know, those people never got, they sent those messages and like their loved ones never received the next one. Um, And then when we were landing in Reno specifically, because that's where we would land, I just, I did kind of lose it because I remember landing in that plane at that airport. Um, So to think that, you know, 
those five people didn't get to do that. It was just, it was, it was, it was really jarring. And yeah, even when I was leaving for Vegas and then landing, getting the safe travels, I hope your flight goes well. Wow. <laughs> oh, this no. will, this will, you know, I'll never think of flying kind of the same again. Um, yeah, I've always thought after travel nursing, um, should I go home or need, you know, to go home or wherever I end up that flight nursing would be it for me, you know, as my full-time gig. And I've had friends ask me to not go back to it. And yeah, my family doesn't want me to ever be a flight nurse again. And I told them, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I can't make that promise. You know, it's a career that I really, really loved. I can't say that I'll never do that again. You know, yeah. we do dangerous things all the time. Driving. Right, you know, right, like right, right. Just, and going back to that perspective, like you just never know. So you just have to live your life and like let go of some of these like expectations that we have on ourselves or trying to live like so rigid, like such a rigid lifestyle. And like, I must get 10,000 steps and I must eat mm. my protein every day. And like, I can't have that extra slice of pizza or, you know, wine night with my friends. It's like, you have to live. Like you just never know. Totally. Well, and it's like, it's such an illusion of control, right? Like, like those, um, especially in that, that context. I mean, if you can't be okay, if you can't be okay without it, that's probably, you know, there's like that difference between wanting, wanting to hit your goals and needing to hit your goals to, to feel okay. And like, like understanding the difference there, you know, and it's interesting too. Like I, I've kind of gotten full circle in this. I, I, I probably went, I don't even know, like 30 years without really like crying outside of like commercials or if somebody else was crying or like a sad movie or something, but like, I've come full circle on that. Like the fact that you're feeling the things and you like, you know, you lose it like that, that can be actually like incredibly important to do. I, um, my mom's parents died in a plane crash when she was 12. And, um, I remember, you know, your perspective changes on your parents, of course, like when you become like an adult. And I remember I was like 20, 21 or something like that. And we went to Hawaii and I was sitting next to her. And as we took off, I just saw her like white knuckle, the armrests. And I was like, oh, it just like hit me on like a whole other level of like, you know, that trauma really does like, that really does like live in your body and like, you can't feel wrong. So when those things come up to like, just to whatever extent you can, and obviously some circumstances, you're not going to do yourself any favors by, but like, if you can just like, allow the emotion to come up and support yourself and let it, let it, let it be. Totally. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. Grief is like, grief is tough. You know, I know it's like, everybody knows like grief isn't linear, but then at the same time, we all just like expect to be over things at a certain point, you know? Right. And that's, it's just not how it goes. The human experience. Yeah. I think it's interesting how so many clients don't even give themselves like credit or even honor the fact that they've had things like this happen to them. And sure, I think sometimes like, you know, on a larger grand scale, you have like this moment, Kelly, like you will never forget this experience. 
And some people might be like, well, I haven't really had anything like that, right? Or I haven't experienced anything like that. But we all have stuff, right? We all have small things that we've either brushed under the rug or decided like, oh, that was really a bummer then, but it doesn't matter anymore. And I'm over it, right? Like, I think we mm-hmm. like to like not honor the fact that we experienced something and how that can like affect the trajectory we're on or our journey. And, you know, you mentioned a lot in that post about like, you know, your journey and like, how does it feel? And like, you know, how do you want to be living? And I think what's been interesting is we've, and you know me, you know, I love me some like alliteration, but like we've talked about, you know, being present and we've talked about perspective. And then I think I love that you brought up the other day, like permission or not other day, other moment ago about permission, like when you're going to Taylor Swift and it's just like, what, what permission do you also give yourself in the context of these things? Right. Like, I don't, I have to earn this. Right. Or I have, I, you know, I need my coach to tell me it's okay to do this, or I need permission to like not eat protein today or Mm. permission to take a rest day, or it's like even permission to think this is a big deal. (laughs) And so, you know, as we, as we line it up, you know, we have like perspective and we have being present. And then we also, I think need to talk about a little bit about permission and like, you are your own person. Mm. (laughs) And I think sometimes we don't trust ourselves enough to make those kind of decisions for ourselves. Right. Or like, am I allowed to do that? Or we just judge ourselves harshly for the permissions we've given ourselves. And I think sometimes that's worth examining what permission do you, what permissions do you give yourself? And what are you like, you don't give yourself permission at all to like, I can't feel good until I lose this much weight, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like you don't have my permission to like yourself. And sometimes I think as coaches, people a little bit drawn to us because they're like, she's finding a way to kind of like herself and whether they like that or not. I think sometimes people get a little bit like, how dare she like herself? She doesn't have a six pack. That means like, I, that's my, those are my terms. Right. Mm -hmm. But permission to kind of like support yourself through these moments and through these decisions you make towards your goals, I think really is actually about the whole experience. Right. Mm. People are always asking, and I know they do this because I followed Jordan, um, your friend Jordan, when people send him his Q and A's like, is it okay if I do this? And Uh, people are like, is it okay? If I do this and it's like, well, of course it's okay. Like what, <laughs> what's, what do you, what are you actually asking? What you're like actually asking is if you're going to like screw up all of your progress and your goal, but like, of course it's okay. Is it okay if I do this exercise swap? Well, yes, that's why it's there. Like, is it okay if I take the weekend off tracking? Well, yes, you're a, like, you're a human. You're still going to like, what do you yeah. mean? Hey, like, oh, or is it okay to not eat 180 grams of protein and eat a little less? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. It's just <laughs> like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, of yeah. course. And, but I think people do, they want to hear maybe some justification or validation. It's like, yes, you are going to be okay. Like if you don't eat the recommended minimum 0.7 grams per pound of protein for a couple days. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Literally nothing. Like, well, I think that kind of comes down to it. They don't feel like they're okay. No, and, and, and like this, in this quest to be okay, they don't feel like they're okay. And so it's like, when do you get to be okay? Yeah. Right. Like, like you, you're okay with being like, I'm not going to track this weekend. I'm not going to even think about food. But then you have another woman who is like, if I don't, I'm going to fall apart. Right. And all they do is think about it. It's like, it's not okay to not think about it. It's like, mm-hmm. how do we find a way to like balance those two? Like, or, or how did we get to that place where we're like, it's okay. <laughs> hmm. I think you guys talk a lot about this in your podcast, but there's just so much work on self-compassion Yeah, and, you know, 
self-compassion and self-pity are like, you know, not the same thing, but having that compassion to be like, I have understood the science of the nutrition side of it. You know, I've been doing this now for years and I had a very disordered relationship with food and my body growing up. Um, so, that, you know, it's, it, I think for most people, how do you get to that place? Well, you have to put in a lot of reps <laughs> of, of like trying and learning yeah. and, you know, hiring people who are actually going to support you and help you and finding the right hype squad behind what you're doing. Um, but it's, it's just a lot of that inner work. It's not just about, I'm going to not track my food and see how I physically feel. It's like, I'm going to not track my food and I'm going to like really reflect on like every time I go to eat, like what emotions are bubbling up inside of me and like, Ooh, like how does this actually make me feel? Or if you take extra rest days, cause you go on vacation, like really reflecting on how that's affecting you mentally, not just physically. And like having the self-compassion to be like, okay, that happened. What can I learn from it? How has my past affected these feelings? And like now how, how do I just keep going? I think a lot of people think there's like, you know, you don't do everything perfectly and that's like a hard stop. And you've reverted, but it's like, no, like, let's just keep going. Just now just keep going because you really have no other option. Like life goes on. You don't have to revert. You don't also have to dive right back into anything obsessive. You just can like lean back in. And um, to your question of how do we get to that space? I, I truly believe in the power of like of coaches and having someone that you can, you know, send a quick message or a voice memo to, because not all of your friends will get it. Not all of your coworkers will get it. Um, but having someone that you trust and who understands your lifestyle, I think is so important. I totally agree. I mean, it's like, it's like training wheels, right? Like how do you, I mean, all these people that are asking like, is it okay? Is it okay? They, you know, I, and I include, I mean, I include myself as a previous member of this group, you know, and, and still a member at times like that, um, your own reassurance, like you haven't built the skill of like witnessing how you feel and like, know that you're going to be okay. Right. Like you can say, like, you're talking about doing a reps. It takes a lot of reps of saying like, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. This is okay. It takes a lot of reps of that before your own voice means anything to you. Like a lot of times having that voice come from like a supportive coach, like that's what you, that's what you need to like get that validation over and over before you start to believe your own voice and, and, you know, raising your own emotional EQ is not for the faint of heart, right? Like, I mean, 10 years ago, if you were like, how does this actually make you feel? I would be like, well, I would have answered it from the standpoint of like, well, this is how it should make me feel. This is how I would like it to make me feel, you know, like I, I had no ability to to name my own emotions or had this idea understanding that like that there can be things, there could be things and emotions coming up in your body that you aren't even like cognitively aware of. Right. Like, like a month ago, this happened to you like next year, 
you'll wake up around that time feeling kind of feeling all kinds of funky negative emotions and and you'll remember why and you'll you'll bring in all kinds of support for yourself but like there's my whole my whole life I never I never did any of that you know <laughs> like it was just this um so I'll break make this story as brief as possible but but for, super for, relevant because <laughs> I think we'll also it's like it's gonna it's gonna probably happen to Kelly too yeah like, like next year right <laughs> for um for Christmas, my husband gave me a cruise. A, a, I've never been on a, I've been on a cruise one time before and it was just like a three day or whatever. And that sounds great. I know it sounds great. This is like such a first world problem, but stick with me to the end. <laughs> it's like, don't judge her yet. I know. No, I'm here. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I, I deserve it. I'm sure. But no, I, I was it. like, I was petrified. I've never been that far away from my, my kids. I've never left them for that long. I've never, um, I've never left them over school. I, I, and this time last year, my daughter with autism had like a really, really tough time at school. And, oh, so I was just sick thinking like, oh my gosh, is this going to, am I going to come back and it's going to be so much worse. Right. And I was with the, at the gym with Natalie, with Natalie. And it occurred to me like, because I've been telling myself this story for years now that Maddie is the one that has a really hard time in February and March. Cause like all the holidays are over and like, you know, the fun has stopped, the fun has stopped yeah. and we still were in the, we're in the grind to the end of the year. And then I, all of a sudden I realized, Oh my gosh, like basically everything significant that's ever happened to me has happened in February, and March. Like my, my cousin killed himself. My other cousin killed himself. My mother-in-law was diagnosed with cancer and then a year later passed away. My grandma died. My grandpa died. My dad almost died. Like my sister-in-law got diagnosed with breast cancer. Maddie got diagnosed with autism. Like All of this stuff has happened in February and March. And the last time I went on a cruise, I miscarried the day before and the 2008 financial crisis happened. So, <laughs> so let me guess, it's not that Maddie... Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, like as soon as I realized that, um, it was, it was really like a, a huge shift for me. No, I'm actually, actually ended up being probably one of the best presents I've ever received because I, I would, when I realized that I was just like the realization just sort of flooded me with like, oh my gosh, I guess I have permission to feel like I'm having a hard time right now. And, um, because it's just, I could get, so I was just getting so stuck in this, like, you know, what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you get over this? And like, you know, what you just have to, you know, you shouldn't be feeling this way or, uh, those kinds of things. And just, and there's not always going to be an explanation. And I definitely realize that, but, um, just realizing that sometimes, how you feel, you have good reason to feel how you feel and, and just allowing it will allow you to also feel something else that you can feel terrible, but you can also feel bringing your own support. And you can, with that self-compassion, when you actually tell yourself you're going to be okay, it, it actually has some power. You know? Well, and the perspective that you've brought to yourself around these months now means like you can arguably be even excited for next year because you're like, I know how 
I know I need to support myself really, really well in these windows now, right? Yeah. I can plan for the fact that I might fall apart emotionally yeah. and not judge myself partially. Cause I think so many times our clients are like, what is wrong with me? Or like, I just suck or I am just a failure. And like, they don't actually really think about like maybe what had happened to lead up to this point. It's like, kind of like when people are like, the holidays are always hard. It's like, well, why are they hard? Right? Like, have we ever thought back to like, some people have lost people during the holidays mm. or they had a miscarriage during the holidays or things like that, that like, they don't really, they brush it off as like, it's fine. It's okay. I've moved on from it now, but like, it's been it, long it's, enough. It's long, you know? <laughs> and so even for yourself, Kelly, like this time next year, right. You're going to be like, maybe that's a time I'm going to take some super crazy good self-care and I'm maybe going to be with people I love and like double down on the fact that like, it's going to feel really, really heavy for me. Right. And I, I think it's super beautiful to be present and also the perspective part, but then the permission to be like, this is going to be a really tough time for me coming up ahead. And I'm just going to be really good to myself. So mm-hmm. you know what, maybe it's not a good time to cut calories. Ah. Maybe it's not a good time to like gaslight yourself into thinking that you're like worthless and not enough. When in reality, you might literally be hanging on a thread on a thread for like a couple of weeks just because. Right. And so I wish people would give themselves more credit for the things that they've experienced too, because there's still a lot, you still carry it. Um, As we've seen women heal, like through our coaching, it's just been really magical to see that like yeah, I, I didn't process that loss. I didn't process that, you know, my divorce. I, you know, when th- that one client who, you know, was always shamed at meal, like holiday meal events by like her ex-husband, like oh, why yeah. the holidays are hard or why going to meals is hard in public places. It's mm-hmm. like, we all have stories that like, we need to just allow to process instead of it just being like, I just must be awful. I'm just mm-hmm. the worst or boils down to it's always my weight, right? It's, my weight's always the problem. Right. And, and yeah, it's that perspective. Yeah. Word of the day is that it's, and I have a kind of another post I really loved about this is that all of this stuff, the body image and the food and the weight loss and the muscle gain and our thoughts about ourselves, like it's not, I promise people, like it's not just about the food itself and the workouts, it is how you were raised and what your mom was saying growing up, like, I know my scarcity mindset with sugar comes because my mom lost her mom when she was 14 to heart disease. So my mom, you know, growing up in the era, she did, it was like, everything was low fat. Everything was low sugar. So I grew up with no sugar in the house. So what happened to me in college? Sugar, And people don't, think about this when they think of their warped relationship with their food or their bodies or food of, well, what happened prior to this? Like, why do you think this coming up? Um, And kind of how nutrition coaches always talk about skill building and resilience and coping with stress. Like, but what about if we also just let ourselves feel for once? Like, especially Um, like men, how much would that do for stress? Just allowing yourself. Well, even you saying like coping with stress is like, you know, actually you're not required to just just don't throw your stressful emotions. Like what if you just let yourself cry, like, or be sad or just be sad. Like that, that, like, Um, and that that can actually do a lot for your stress. Like I really, again, like oh, you years, mean be a person? <laughs> years ago, I would have thought that that was like what you shouldn't do. Like you should get away from those things. So you feel better, you know, when really like I read somewhere, it was like people that say a good cry does nothing. Don't understand the difference between a stress response and a stressor. 
right. like allowing yourself to cry and get the resolve those stress chemicals. Yeah. Like well, just because you can live through it doesn't mean you have your stress managed. That's not what that means at all. Like, I think people believe that like, oh, I can muscle through it. I'm fine. Or I've existed today. I, I, it doesn't matter how stressed I am. And like, when they say stress is a killer, it's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like the fact that you can get through it actually is more indicative of you being in a trauma response than you actually managing your stress. <laughs> Yeah. So whenever I hear like, well, I just need better coping mechanisms. It's like, it's no different than people believe that they can just mantra their way through life, you know, which is why I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. just mindset, like, while it's so important, it can be a little bit of like a, like a light mask for what's really underneath the surface, right? Like you, you know, as I was downloading an app for something and there was a couple suggested ones. And one of them is like daily mantras to get yourself through. And I'm like, no, <laughs> You know what will get yourself through doing the hard stuff. <laughs> like I, I can't tell myself over and over again, like I'm a valuable, wonderful person if I really don't believe it. Right. right? But like, am I like to take or maybe taking those and giving yourself pause? Like, well, am I a valuable person? Like, what would that mean to me to be like, like, how would I feel valuable? Right. Like, but nobody wants to go past into the thought. It's just like, if I say it, uh, it must be like true, vain right? repetitions, yes. you mean, versus like actually sitting with it and. Huh. Same thing with sadness, True. right? It's like, oh, I don't feel good right now. I, how can I be happy right away? It's just like, well, why are we sad? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Eating is usually a good one for, for, for how to feel good right away. Hence, hence whole thing, right? <laughs> the cycle continues. It all circles back around. Oh boy. Have we solved all the world's problems yet, guys? Well, I think we're close. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, for, for those listening, um, I love when you you brought up some questions about asking yourself. And so let's go over those and like talk a little bit about like how to give the listener a little bit of a way to kind of find their own perspective of things. Because I do think that most of us don't walk around 100% of the time hating life and hating ourselves and thinking like we're always the problem. But I think sometimes we do get these little pockets and, you know, bursts of clarity where you're like, I actually might be okay. Or maybe is it okay that I like myself right now? Or I'm actually kind of enjoying my life. You know, I love when Heidi says like, you know, you know, you're not happy right now, but have you laughed at a meme today? Then you know that you have it in you. Right. And like you have, yeah, maybe like three, four years ago, it's like an audience, but it's, I think none, I think most of us have the desire to, to to be okay, right? And we really, really want that for ourselves. Like I, I, I know for me personally, like I do want to believe that most of the time I'm okay. <laughs> maybe I'm not crushing life, and maybe I'm getting crushed by life. But for the <laughs> most part, I want to feel okay. And so I think, you know, when you have someone who's like, I cannot feel okay until this, that's a really long time for you to not be okay, mm. right? And so. What can we do to like add perspective and, and, and it's going to be different for each of us, right? Like, like individually, I think the three of us are going to have a different perspective of like how we want our lives to feel and how to get that way. And so a couple of the questions you ask were ask yourself, what do I really need right now? What am I really looking for? What will actually make me feel better? And you wrote, and if you feel like you're just white knuckling your way through your nutrition and training and simply not enjoying the journey maybe the way you're going isn't the right way for you. Okay. So that's really interesting too. Totally. Because a lot of people are like, oh, it's got to be weight loss and looking super shredded. That's the way that everybody feels happy. (laughs) Thoughts. Thoughts. I feel like I need to pull up the post myself. Um, (laughs) Well, I'll I'll send it to you. I'm like, (laughs) send you your own post. 
Um, yeah, I think ask, you know, again, I was on this walk and I was just, it, when we talk to clients about what they want, always going back to like values based decisions instead of just, cause everyone thinks they're after an aesthetic based goal. And like, I get it. Like I relate, we can all empathize with that, but like, what are you actually looking for? Because I want to be strong because I love climbing mountains and being active in the summer. And like now I snowboard in the winter. So like being strong and fit is so that I can do other things. Um, so it's like, what are you actually after? And I think also asking, and once you get there, what, like if you're after an aesthetic based goal, what do you think is actually going to change? Um, so also for me, like I turned 34 in a couple weeks and I'm very single and that is starting to like affect me like mentally. Um, and you know, I have a history of associating being single with what I look like. And it's like, well, wait a second. But then if I'm only not single because I've lost 10 pounds, like what that that's not, that's not it either. Like, that's not actually what happened. I'm associating that because of diet culture and my history, but I'm lovable now. 10 pounds isn't going to be the thing that changes that. And so many people, I think, connect their worth and their value to the scale or their leanness. And it's like, but what does that say about who you are as a person? Like nothing. Yeah. Well, did you guys see that, that thing about Jessica Simpson and Romo? Oh yeah. Like that just blew my mind. And I don't know how true it is because they didn't actually show like the prenup like pictures, but I don't know if you heard this, Kelly, like an accusation without Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson were engaged. The prenuptial agreement stipulated that she needed to maintain a weight of 135 and every pound over she would owe him like 500 grand. I, I know it's so gross. And so and gross. so that makes her feel bad, but it's like, no, that's not a reflection on you. That's a, that's a reflection on the other person. Right. Totally. That's Tony Romo's values, that's right? Good. Not Jessica yeah. Simpson's, but at the same time, like kind of to your point about like, am, is if you lose 10 pounds or like men going to rain from the ceiling or a woman going to rain from the ceiling, right? Like mm. if, if you're single, it's like, but there's, if that, that belief is there, right? Like if Jessica Simpson is only lovable at 135 or less mm-hmm. and she'll believe it. Totally. Well, and just like that being an obstacle to like more boldly putting, putting yourself out there, you know, like, uh, from a, from a married woman perspective, I think it's like this idea, like, oh, if I look this way, like I'm slaying all categories of life. Like I'm perfect. I'm like the perfect, you know, out of whatever perfect, 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 perfect. <laughs> the um, the question I love that's really that has really been a huge game changer in my love my life that you wrote is the uh, what do you really need right now? That is a huge one as far as like being able to be present. Present. I'm. I definitely am. Spent a lot of years stuck in like that productivity, like you know, flight kind of perfectionist fixing zone. And, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very bewitching place to be, (laughs) you know, it makes you think you can really, um, control it all. 
but but slowing down for a minute, being able to be still and asking myself like, yeah, what what is it that I really need right now? I mean, it's it's impacted me majorly just within the last week. I mean, it's a that's a fantastic question. I love that you included that because it's like you kind of went like like more global life perspective. And that question, I think, can be impactful even minute to minute. Like both of those perspectives, short, you know, whatever you want to call it. What's the close one and then the far away one? Like near side and far side. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> or like selfie and panoramic. Yeah, there you go. And even panoramic. <laughs> well, like in your third question is like, what will actually make me feel better? I think that, you know, as our perspective changes around our goals, then we can kind of also honor them that way too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you mentioned that you want to be strong for mountain climbing. And um, my daughter who's 17 is gets a lot of job alert notifications because she's trying to find a job right now. And I like to scan through them just to kind of see like what kind of jobs are out there. And, you know, one of them was um, a, a PM stock person for like a, like a grocery store type thing. And the listing was really interesting to me because it said, you need to be able to lift 50 to 60 pounds overhead repeatedly without machine assistance for at least five or more hours Whoa. was the job description. And I paused and I thought, could I do that job? Like, you know, I, and totally you could, well, but in my mind, five plus hours of 50 to 60 pounds overhead repeatedly. I mean, it gave me pause, not going to lie. I mean, sure. for an sure, hour, sure, sure. for sure. But five plus hours, I think like, the kind of individual that could do this job is incredibly strong yeah. stamina, plus not hurting yourself for mm-hmm. five plus hours, multiple days. It's interesting when I read that, I'm like, I want to be someone that can answer that job reply <laughs> and be like, yes, yes, yeah. you can hire me to do that. That is it's a different way. You cycle a barbell <laughs> 50 pounds. But but that gives me a different perspective of like what strength means, right? It's like, yeah. sure, we love taking our groceries in, in like one, sh- one shot. We love being able to like, you know, put kids on our shoulders or carry somebody or things like that. But like, there are people in this world who for their job, for their livelihood need to be a level of strength that is most people cannot. That is cool to me, right? Mm. And so it changes the perspective of a job. Like I want to be someone who can say yes to this job, yeah, right? And that's a new kind of layered goal that maybe you would never have. And it has nothing to do with what you look like or how much you weigh, but kind of like what will feel good to you? Feeling good would be able to look at that and be like, yes, yes, I can, right? <laughs> I, I love it. Are you sure the other part that didn't catch your attention was without help? Oh, well. <laughs> without machine assistance. Spoken as, as an eldest daughter. I know, seriously. But even to your job, Kelly, like as a nurse, you have to lift people. You have yeah. to be able to move people. Yeah. Like, you know, and in crisis situations, I can't imagine you being like, hold on a second. I know you're bleeding out, but let me find somebody who can help you, <laughs> right? Right. Yes. There. Yeah. Adrenaline is also a crazy thing. I will say. Oh, I 100%. bet. Yeah. Adds adds PRs. Right? Yeah, is it adrenaline, stress, or anxiety? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, those questions. You know, so many people. I'm sure, as you know, come into coaching and they're like, "Oh, well, I had a really stressful day, and I just face planted into the cookies because that's what I thought I needed." And that's kind of where those questions for me, like, started to come up of clients come to you thinking, oh, I'm just stressed. So I'm eating the cookies. And it's like, but what will actually help you? Like, that's where we need to slow down of like, you think the cookies are going to help you because we like that immediate response, you know, feedback loop, but no one is paying more attention to what they actually need. They are just 
getting home and they're stressed and they want that dopamine hit. And it's like, zoom out. <laughs> like totally. you have a stressful day or you're having a lot of stuff go on at home or you're having relationship issues. What do you actually need? Because I'm going to guess it's not 400 calries or whatever. Right. And I think it's so easy to become like a dopamine junkie. Right? Oh, like sure. we do that in so many different ways that we don't even realize, like whether it is the cookies or it's scrolling through yep. things or online shopping or whatever it is. It's like, if you find yourself being a dopamine junkie, you might need to slow down and be like, what is causing the need for this? Right. Like, why do I think I need these things? And it's like that more likely will be more satisfying overall. Mm-hmm. Right to solve for like those reasons for those stress responses. And then you could have a cookie. <laughs> totally. Well, it's always have the cookie. Yeah. Yes. When people, when people, it's like, when you get down on yourself, ah, oh, I had 12 cookies. I'm so mad at myself. Oh, right. What are you looking for? Like, mm. yes. well, and it's like, I mean, this has been, it's, it's human nature to a certain extent. I read this the other day. Um, it's like Epicurus, like, a bajillion years ago, <laughs> seek pleasure except for where pleasure leads to greater pain and avoid pain except for pain when pain leads to greater joy. That's just like, did you lift weights, Epicurus? You- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Kelly, this has been so much fun to talk to you. Tell us, tell everyone listening where they can find you. Uh, all the things. Yeah. Okay. Your offer okay. out there, all the things. Let okay. us let us know. <sighs> well, yeah, I am Kelly Wright. So on the gram, I am at kellywright.co. Um, and then to make it easy, my website is kellywright.co. And um, that's where you can find all my one-on-one offers, email, all the things about me. I write a, um, a weekly newsletter where I kind of like dig a little bit deeper into things. Um, and yeah, I try to show up on the gram in between nursing and living and training. And I just kind of like to meld like my own personal experience with the mindset and the nutrition and the weightlifting. And I don't know. Love it. Life is short. Live your life while also reaching your goals. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks, you guys. You made it. The butter dish didn't melt your face. Thanks so much for hanging with us. If you enjoyed that episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, share it to your social media, or leave a comment. That all really helps. So the kids say. (laughs) If you want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at Butter Your Macros. On the web at ButterYourMacros.com. Twitter and TikTok at What's Up Butters. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks.